When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today... We have a very special show for you. Dion, you know I got I got some jokes I was going to kick because I, I got some comedy <laughs> skills, but, but then I thought different of that. So but why don't you, Dion, take 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 the wheel. Let us know what, what we got going today. Are you really um, kicking me out of my favorite position? Like, this is, uh, uh, I'm not, you're not kicking it to me, Matt? Is this what you're doing today? We bypassed you, Sean Linda. Oh, I get you. Okay. All right. All right. Go ahead. Go don't ahead. worry. Go ahead, Dion. We'll bring Ladies, you back into the fold, Sean, but this is my Ladies girl. First. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, actually. We are fast friends. That's what we should yeah. say. Yeah. Um, I am so pleased to announce that we have Tumi Morake with us today. Um, she is mother. She is wife. She is author. She is actress. She and is she's comedian. Funny. And she's she's funny. producer. I mean, I could keep going. She's hilarious. Fine. And, you know, she's got a little movie coming out on Friday. I don't know. But I'm so excited, and she made time for us, you know, today to be with us and just like chop it up, you know. It's got a lot That's going on. So happy to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Chop, chop, chop. Yes, thank you for being with us. You're welcome. So before we get into this, Dion, since you set it up, why don't you do your normal and give us the hit, give us a little history, a little backstory of Toomey. Yeah, so to me, I'm the lady with the history and the stats and the cold hard facts, oh boy. right? Oh boy. So um, I did a little research, and you know, the comedy scene is pretty new in in South Africa, from what yeah. I was reading. Stand-up comedy has actually only been a viable art uh, art form since the nation became a democracy in 1994, really and truly, except for a couple of white men who performed it, you know, performed under apartheid. And since then, it has served as a change maker, a conversation starter, a healing tool, you know, just from its traumatic history. Uh, And there's been a few waves already of change, you know, post-apartheid in uh, comedy. And in the early years after 94, you know, you start to finally see black comedians, you know, taking the stage uh, for the first time um, in more recent years. 
uh, vernacular comedies becoming really popular. And they basically describe that as where comics perform in their native native languages, sometimes nine languages at a time, right? Um, and then there, it's also disrupted, and that's I guess that's also disrupted the status quo because before everything had to be in English or Afrikaans, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's yeah. really a statement per se. And you're seeing a surge of female comedians. And we have one with us right now, <laughs> front and center. <laughs> Tumi, yeah. tell, tell us about it. Tell what? Who inspired you? Give us the breakdown. It's so bizarre, but my inspiration was Richard Pryor. Like that was my and and I just I happened I happened upon him uh, in my I think it was in high school that I first saw this guy and I was like, wow, man, like I was like, this guy is saying some painful stuff, but it is hilarious. <laughs> and um, my dad, my mom, and my dad had Richard Pryor albums. I can still see them now, man. We listed that album over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, and, and for some reason, when I saw Richard Pryor, I thought of my dad. Um, and this was um, so before before I saw him do stand up, I saw him as an actor. And this is back when my dad was still in jail for treason. And for some reason, every time I saw Richard Pryor, I'd be so sad because he reminded me of my dad. Like he looked like my dad. I got to college. I got accepted to Vets University, and that was the first time now I experienced live comedy. So the first time I saw stand up comedy was 2000. When mm-hmm. I got to Johannesburg wow. and I saw comedy and I said, I want to oh. do that. I want to do that wow. thing. And I was wow. that girl with a diary. So I, I have these diary ah. entries because I keep my diaries. And I've got this diary entry where I'm like, I see a gap and I'm going to occupy that gap and I'm going to kill it. Wow. wow. <laughs> so that, you had that foresight back then. You had your That's business great. hat on. You're like, you saw a niche market, you see an opportunity and you're trying to exploit it like in any other business opportunity, any other smart yeah. business person, savvy person. So that yeah. was like business 101 that you did that you performed yeah. <laughs> and you I, had I, your notes yeah because i've been traveling i've been i've been um, studying drama i've been studying drama at uh, the university and i was like i think i'm an okay actress but when we get to auditions i'm like five times the size of the average actress and i'm like mm, this is not gonna work out i need to get a gig that doesn't care how i look Mm-hmm. where my talent is going to be foregrounded, you know? And so stand-up comedy for, was that for me. Uh, so I started out with some scripted stuff because, you know, actors, we're preparers. You, you want to learn your monologue, get on the stage and do your monologue. Right. And so I started out like that with like a proper script and I get on stage, punch every beat, and then <laughs> I start veering off, veering off, veering off, and I realized, oh, this thing is about playing. You got to play. <laughs> and yeah, it stuck. And it's the yeah. energy, right? Like you're feeding yeah. off the energy too. Yeah. And you just start flowing. Is, I is was it, such is, a rush. Is it true that you and your husband are like the Jay-Z and Beyonce of comedy in South Africa? <laughs> we wish. <laughs> She's but like, tilt that crown. Girl. <laughs> but he, he made me get into comedy. It's You know what? I always uh-huh. say, when I speak to young ladies, I always say, listen, our parents will tell us, ignore the men. Don't worry about the boys. You focus on your schoolwork. You worry about men after. And I'm like, that's that's not realistic. You have a life. You you want the little boo thing. But pick yeah. carefully. I was like, you better pick the right guy, man. Mm-hmm. You need a guy who's as excited about your future as you are about your Ooh. own future. And that was my husband. He was like, you are funny. Well, to me, you I'm a man. do your comedy. To me, I'm a man that gets excited very quickly, okay? So I'm like, uh, <laughs> let me ask you a question. What's happening? <laughs> You know, tell me about the moment then you realize, like, I'm always trying to keep my business hat on. And it's really exciting even understanding, like, how your mind was thinking throughout this and how you were seeing these opportunities. You know, what, when did you realize, like, you know, I can actually monetize this. I can be the girl on the mic and make money by making people laugh. 
Um, I think it was after I got my first uh, corporate gig and I got paid like a thousand five hundred rand, um, which uh, in dollars is nothing. Uh, but but just like the point of making money is an yeah. incredible feeling. Yeah. So back then it was like a hundred. That would be like fifteen. $15, yes, so I made my $150, sorry, $150, so I made that, and I just done 10 minutes of comedy, I was like, hold on, if I can make 10, in 10 minutes, that's how much I make, if I do a few more gigs a week, or if I just get a gig like this a week, I'm gonna be alright, so I, I <laughs> so, so I started working on it, I was like, okay, so I have a solid five minutes that I trust, and when they said corporates have to be clean, I was able to stretch that five minutes because once you start cleaning the thing up, break it down, you know, you play with other nonsense. And I was uh -huh. like, okay, so there's a business aspect to this. At that time, I was working as a writer in television. I was still new. Um, you know, I was really hustling. Like, I'm that girl who used to walk up to producers and be like, I'll intern. I'll write for free. I'll edit. <laughs> so, right. Right. So that's how I got Just stay visible. Yeah, and, so you know, get your name out there exactly. You know what I'm saying? So that yeah, branding I'm now, business 101, you're that, branding, yeah, you're your resume, you're exposing yourself, you're getting uh, you're you're trying to really finagle your way into this industry any by all means necessary. She and I'm will not hell. be outworked. That time, I'm you mm -hmm. need to understand, I'm broke as hell. So I walk, I walk to wow. like uh, the South African Broadcasting Co uh, Corporation because that's where you get to meet a lot of these industry and professionals. Two thousand, we're talking about two thousand two. This is now after two thousand. It's now two thousand and five, two thousand and six, two thousand seven. People don't understand got, that's, Yeah, that's just ten years after apartheid. It must have yeah, been still and, as a black woman. It must have been you must have been still a minority in that group going. Dude, I had just been kicked out of college because I couldn't afford it anymore. Because what happened was my mom was supporting me, but she had a mental breakdown and we we're already like struggling just to get me through. Right. And so I had a choice now. It was like, are you going to go back home and give up? So I stayed in Joburg and I was like, I'm a hustle. And so that's what I did. I'd go to these workshops. I'd introduce myself to people. And um, I realized that you actually don't have to be poor in comedy. So my poverty wasn't, oh, I was a poor starving artist trying to find myself. I was a student who'd been kicked out of college and I needed to make a plan. Mm -hmm. And I decided that that plan was very simple. I can write. I speak really well and I know English. So I would, I got myself a job as a telemarketer, which is really dope. Cause then I, I got to play with characters for me. It was a great exercise for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> how many character. people say telemarketing is dope? I love. I it. was dope, dude. Like, give give us an example. Like, I would love that. For, hey. Give us an example. What's your tele? Let me hear your telemarketing. Okay, so if if I got with your voice answers. <laughs> hello. And I'm like, hello, sir. How are you? Oh. Um, oh, you're yeah. sick. You're so wrong. <laughs> you're so wrong. <laughs> you're so wrong. I, I, right I, I say, could you just point me to the shop steward? Because, you know, oh, I was trying to get appointments. So wrong. <laughs> so wrong. I did telemarketing, too. I remember the only it's for the dream. Say, I used to sell magazines. I used to say, you can buy not one magazine, but you can buy all five magazines. For the <laughs> yeah, you had to enjoy it. Because you know what I realized, though? Uh, you, get, you got a little bit more of a positive response when you were upbeat but not pushy so I was yes. very upbeat but not pushy and it got me through a lot of doors like I made such a huge deal I actually got a, a union to buy a retirement package <laughs> wow and 
And when the when the um, financial guy, financial planner dude came back to the office, he was like, yeah, so the guy was very disappointed you didn't come. He was ready for you. He's like, I think that guy dressed up for you. <laughs> but that's see, what I did. You see, a hypocritical <laughs> see, look what women do. They're using what they got, that nice seductive voice. They know we men are weak and our y'all, knees to it. Y'all are weak. Y'all, <laughs> y'all man, y'all are easy. <laughs> I don't know how you rule the world. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because I also, uh, my career has been in television as a producer and writer. So when I'm listening to all the skills and your kind of career path, were you already kind of thinking about how you could monetize that in terms of content creation and writing and stand up and acting or, or, or did you just fall into it or, or how did you start to think about all the different ways you can really monetize your skills? Okay. So uh, it's a situation thing. It's a situation thing. So mother doesn't work. Mother um, is mentally unstable. I have a younger sister I need to support and I'm not trying to leave Johannesburg because I knew that was the epicenter for work. So I was like, I don't have to be a starving artist. I'm surrounded by a lot of white people uh, in the university. And uh, like our professors would be filmmakers. They'd be people who are, um, who draft business, business plans for big productions and stuff. So my plan was whatever I'm doing, if I'm waking up for it, it better pay me. If it's not paying me, it better upskill me. Mm. So I was spending my time going to workshops for free. But I was dressing up like a dinosaur or a giant teddy bear at the malls, entertaining kids, dying under that hot thing and putting away that money and going, I'm going to pay my debt to the vast. You wore that costume in the malls? That's hilarious. Friend, I was was abused. You know, over like the holidays, they need that entertainment. That was me. Instead of going home over the holidays, I would go and work in these malls and just go be abused by these kids and make (laughs) something at the end of the day. But the big plan for me was... Um, I have skills, you know, and I'm not looking for fame. I was like, I got skills. I'm not looking for fame. I love writing. I know I can act and I'm very eager to learn. So that's how I got into the writing. I got into the writing space. I started doing open spots of comedy and I also started writing myself into the TV stuff I was writing because I realized ah. that a lot of the stuff, a lot of the big roles that you would get were definitely for the pretty girls, for the skinny girls, for those people. And we were... Can you correct as- yourself? I love a, a full woman, okay? Size, thickness, to me, is blessings, okay? So don't... Sean, stay focused. Can you stay focused? She's a very excited girl. Easy, though. Him did say, though. Yeah. Him did say him thirst. <laughs> him did say him wanders. <laughs> no, but it was it was really hard. I thought it was really hard because every time there was a a, a a curvier role, I always bumped into the same actress. We'd be going for the same roles, you know. So mm-hmm. I wrote myself into my first couple of sitcoms that I did, and I had got an agent. But but you know, just I, I think you're reading Ryan and Pilby when you say you wrote yourself. I, I mean, I I understand what it means, but I think our audience needs to really understand what you did. And from what I'm hearing is that you created these roles for yourself. Yeah. And I and I tell people all the time. People come to me right when they call me like, oh, I want to do well in business. What should I do? And like I try to explain, it's either you have to understand it's a mental thing first, it's mm. a mind thing. Mm. And your whole outlook was like, I'm not going to fail. 
yeah. even if the script, the script is not the, the 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 it's not for me. I'm gonna roll my. I'm gonna write myself into this script. Yeah. I'm going to stay in Johannesburg. I'm going to succeed. And yeah. if people that are listening to the show, if you're not getting anything, you want to understand. Regardless of what you try to do in business, it starts mentally. The doors yeah. are not gonna open until you try to open the doors yourself mm-hmm. and you have that will. And it's like, the smallest thing. Homework. Amazing. Your, yeah, your will is amazing. Yeah. Me, but you know, you beyond that, it's homework, man. Hmm? Were you yeah. were you challenged at all in terms of how much you should charge for your skills or your talents or like like figuring was it already just set or did you have to negotiate for yourself or or was that ever a challenge in terms of you know basically getting paid for your talents? Uh starting out, that was I didn't care. Starting out, I was like, I need as many people to know what I can do as possible. Mm-hmm. So um, back then, the value for me, the bigger value was which Exposure. doors am I going into? Right. So, um, for example, if you look at my CV, every sitcom I've written on is either award winning or award nominated because I make sure I was strategic. You know, you can't just change fame. You can't change right. fame all the time. So my big thing was... Um, upskilling i really needed to make mm-hmm. sure i'm valuable it was it was a big deal for me that is a great note yeah it was a big deal for me so i had to do homework like the one thing i that that frustrates me if an artist is looking for work or help where they're like give me a chance give me a platform what do you know about what you're trying to get into mm-hmm. oh no I, I know i can sing and you need to be good i'm like yeah but what do you know about the music business what right do you, who do you know needs to be around you what do you know about uh being heard where to go nothing you know, a comedian who'll be like, give me a spot. Let me jump. Okay, which comedy clubs are you thinking of? I don't know. I was hoping you could tell me where the comedy clubs are. Do your homework. And that was my big thing. I did a lot of homework. And when were you able to think in your mind that now you can charge? When do you think, okay, I can charge for this service. And here's my oh, no. baseline fee. First award nomination. I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. How many nominations for, for writing? Oh, snap. Is my name on those things? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's this one up. <laughs> Because so great happened, note. You focused on the, the the business as much as you focused on the yeah. show. Show business, but it's you got to focus on both sides of that. Yeah. Before right. you shine, man, you got to make sure you're repeatable, you're bankable. It's the same thing with my comedy. Like I used to have comedians who chide me when I'd refuse to headline, right? Because they'd be like, "You're headlining." I'm like, "Nah, I'm not headlining. You're good. You're ready." Nah. Why are you so damn insecure? I was not insecure. I was not ready. I felt like. When it's time for me to step in, I'm going to step in and be able to stay in there. I don't want a headline and then people will be like, yeah, don't, don't let a headline the end of the show. Put a, put a before the, let, let a headline the first half of the show. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I'm bankable. You know, mm-hmm. I don't run out of steam too quickly. And it's okay. I'm going to do this thing at my own pace. And so I did that. I would do lots of lineup shows, man. I'd have people be like, girl, you should have a one-man show by now. I'm like, I'm not having people come watch me for an hour and enjoy 20 minutes. I want people to come watch me for an hour and leave with six packs and eight packs on some. Woo! That was way, you know? Um, so it, it took a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because I was starting from so low, sometimes it helps to start from so low. I came from, I am poor, I need to make a plan, and I intend to stay in the industry. So you were hungry. I was hungry for this yeah. thing, and I still am. It's so funny. I was speaking to a friend of mine who's in the industry, and she was saying, do you ever stop and realize how far you've come? Are you still so damn busy hustling and chasing? And I was like, yeah, I'm still very busy hustling and chasing that I don't realize. <laughs> and I'm too busy judging myself on the last thing to mm-hmm. realize I've done so well until someone goes, 
you know, you're like the most formidable woman in comedy. Like formidable, me. Girl, I'm still trying to get a gig. How am I formidable? <laughs> Doesn't formidable just throw her own gigs in there? So that's me. And I think that's what even prompted me to go, I'm happy to jump into the US scene uh, with my husband and try and play in South Africa and the US because I was going, the minute you step into the US, it's a whole new challenge. It's, it's going to reignite that girl again. Right. That girl again who has to work hard to be heard, to be seen, to prove herself. Oh. And that's exciting. Oh, and that's, let's, yeah. and let's add something into the mix now. So yeah. literally when you made that trip across the pond, Let's add a pandemic to that. <laughs> so now you've got to reinvent yourself. Literally, you got here, what, days after? The Trapped in down? America. Like, I feel, to be honest, I feel like Corona and I may have shared a plane. I feel like, hey, I'm visiting New York. And hey, no, you where are you going? I'm go- <laughs> and the Rona's like, I think I'm a saddle. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to damn place. <laughs> so look when we came we knew this thing was happening and we were like i'm sure they're gonna have it in the control because also you have to understand the rest of the world thinks america is the superpower well until now we've always thought yo oh, america's sh- always got a plan don't we're tell the like, secret <laughs> we're like us has got a plan you know so we were like we know this thing's flaring up but you watch us give it a month they'll be like yeah we got something for that oh <laughs> oh did we not arrive to a rude awakening because well, we can't share this guy's still calling this thing a hoax we're like, is he for real? Is he? Because, you know, we've seen. Okay. Okay. Right. Now, had, you, had you been to the U.S. before? Or was no. this your first? Wow. This is your <laughs> your first time in this first pandemic. Time. Wow. My first time. My husband has been here a few times. So he was like, America, it is the dream. And then I'm like, I follow your dream, my love. And then I follow the dream. And then <laughs> the corona happens. And then as, <laughs> As I try and settle in the, into the pandemic, Black Lives Matter happens. Oh. And I'm like, America, you know, if you don't want me here, you could just say so. You don't have to be so extreme about it. Like, I can take a hint. Mm. It, was, it, was mm. it was heavy. Mm. Well, it was I'll, heavy. I'll tell you, one of the things I just like what you said, though, and back to the business, you mentioned that um, artists, they don't, they, they're so focused on the art form, they're not understanding the business behind it. And mm. it's so many artists, I mean, they're great artists and, and bad business people. And mm. then they let other people try to run their business. And that's when they, they get played. And I can see that that's not happening with you, by even by your oh. facial expression right now. So once again, it's just important to really, there's a business behind everything. That's why I say, I don't care what you're doing. There's a business behind everything, everything. you got to do. And you have to understand yeah. what drives that business forward. Like you're figuring out, like the variables that drive this business comedy forward. What makes it move? What are people looking for? What do I need to get? That's what I'm going to practice. practice. I'm going to figure out what's going to work. So well, one thing that drives our business is commercials. And we're at a point uh, in our show where we need to take a commercial break. But but before we take a break, I, I heard that you said that at one point during this quarantine and this COVID that that, that you wanted uh, hot wings to be an essential service. Is that true? <laughs> 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 I you thought that was hilarious. <laughs> All right, so well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss your Netflix, your Netflix special and a lot more that you got going on. So everybody stay tuned for more Two Black Guys with Good Credit with our girl Toomey. We'll be right back. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
presents the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today we are joined by a very special guest. She is the Beyonce of comedy. I'm up to that. (laughs) Her name is Tumi, and she is awesome. But I have a question for you, Tumi. Doing my research about your career and and all that you got going on, and just knowing that comedy right now in the world we live in, how the cancel culture, we've just seen Nick Cannon dealing with things and all the, the politically correctness. Like back in Richard Pryor's day, it seemed like there was no holds barred on what he could say. How and I I read that there was a a quote unquote Toomey Gate where people tried to come for you. How hard is it in this day and age to write comedy, and how mindful do you have to be about political correctness, or maybe should I say this or say that? Like, how much does does, does the world play into comedy in this in this generation? I feel like we need to be more conscious of what we're saying, but I need to remind people that comedy is comedy; it's not a TED talk. I'm not gonna give you a mm-hmm. TED talk. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna push the foot around your feelings. I feel like it's really important for people to know what the space of comedy is, and especially if I'm a woman and I'm a black woman, and you think you want to still. I, I just found my voice. I just got my voice. Now you want to police right. my voice? It's mm. not gonna happen. We we do need to be conscious of, uh, conscious of what we're saying because for me, comedy belongs to the al- the aligned and maligned and sidelined mm-hmm. and those of us the abject, you know, the guys who who live on the edge, who society shuns, turns their backs on, or just chooses to look past us. That's our space. That's where we need to speak. So I feel like we need to be careful as well as to who is saying that we need to police what we're saying. You know, who is saying we need to, um, you know, phrase things a certain way? Because for the most part, I don't feel like it is the down, downtrodden themselves. I feel like it's somebody else who's trying to pull strings. But then, the, so what do you say the comic? What do you say? What do you say the comics in that cross the line and use their platform then to be speak politically or speak on certain things? What do you say to them then? 
then I said, why are you doing it? Why are you doing comedy? Do you know that comedy yeah. is there to make people laugh and make them feel good and make them think? It is not propaganda. It is not a commercial. It is, it, it's honestly a space for people's darkest thoughts to be brought to the fore and for them to feel better that they're not, not the only people, that they're not freaks to be thinking like that and that their experiences are valid. So, yes. So we, had, we said we were going to kind of dive into this now. I've been dying to hear about this movie seriously single it yeah. looks like you had so much fun oh, with this character friend i was put in clothes i would never wear even after <laughs> the movie they were like you wore this for a month aren't you used to it no no thank you no. i was wearing the tightest most revealing things wow. I was like, mm, thick girls <laughs> yeah you go like sean sean mm-hmm. wow. mm-hmm. you will have that's you that's a good time uh, uh, have ice on your watch it and <laughs> It's such a cool film because, you know, Johannesburg has this reputation of this dangerous, fast part of South Africa. And it's so nice to see it as the site of love and relationships mm-hmm. and friendships for life. Like that's where I feel like it's a film that celebrates your ride or dies. Uh-huh. And also, I think a lot of us girls are going to be like, I have that friend. Oh, my gosh. A lot of us are going to go. I know that girl. Mm, mm-hmm. I know that girl. And I feel like even a lot of guys are going to be like, Oh, brother, we see what you're playing. Oh, we see where this is going. <laughs> and probably side-eyeing other guys, you know? Yeah, it's a fun uh-huh. film. Yeah. Like, who, like who gave out the, the black book? But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. So what, and what time is it airing? I know we're going to get to that later on, but what time does it actually air on Netflix? So I think as soon as it hits midnight on the 31st of July, the thing goes live. So okay. yeah, I'm hoping to host a watch party. Uh, 8 p.m. SA time, which would be 2 p.m. my time. <laughs> so, yeah, uh-huh. I, I really I want to enjoy it. Just so I'm clear, because I know you wear a lot of hats in your career. Are you strictly actor in this or are you writer, producer? Like, what did you, what role are you in this movie? Is this strictly an acting? Yeah, this is strictly acting. And thank okay. goodness, because okay. this character was a lot. Okay. <laughs> I needed to focus. <laughs> and how do you, like, for somebody trying to get, I know you talked about, like, have, you know, doing your homework and all that kind of stuff. Like, how do you now broker these deals, like, for yourself? For you, you as an actress and then you as more as, like, as a business. What are the things that you would give us as tips as far as, you know, breaking in and brokering these kind of deals? But, but also to add to Sean's question, being that you're your husband, you are it's a couple. It's almost like a family business. Are there tips for like a fa- with your husband, your mate doing business together? Like talk about how you guys navigate this entertainment business together. So it's two questions to me. Get them. Yeah. All right, we need the answers for both. I got them. I got them. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing is, uh, I learned a long time ago that once you get paid for what you're doing, it's done. So you need to consider what's gonna what, what's gonna be the offshoot. What are gonna be the benefits? You know. So for me, I was like, well, I've done comedians of the world, and seriously single becomes an opportunity for me to broker some kind of relationship with uh, your Netflixes of the world, right? Um, I love this woman. I really do. I just I just love the way you think. Because we know your network is your net worth. So it's about building those relationships. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, I had a great relationship with the producers and, you know, the opportunity for growth was there. And, um, you know, when a film like that ends, the first thing you go and say to the producer is this deserves a um, this deserves a round two, man. We're going to start talking about a sequel. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But with this, what I did as well. (laughs) And Body's not even even called yet. She's like, (laughs) 
and, and right from the start as well, I was like, okay, I need to read the contract and understand it. I know my agent's going to do that, but I need to know it. And I need my manager and my agent to be on the same page. Because, you know, there'll be artists who'll be like, but I saved myself 20%, man. You know how much 20% is that I'm saving myself? I'm like, yeah, but what you're losing Right. Like you got that 20%. American accent down real quick, by the you're way. Losing. You're losing. Is, is that how you talk? <laughs> <laughs> you, lose, you, you lose peace of mind. So I can read a contract, but I can't read it like a lawyer would read a contract. Mm-hmm. And agents and managers have been in the business longer than you, and their job is just to scrutinize this thing. So I just go, do, does it look happy for me on the surface? You worry and fight about the rest. And so that's what I did. Um, okay. Yeah, so that was me with that. And then I will say, oh, sorry, go yeah. ahead. I, cause I, I just to just tap into that real quick, because that was a question I did have. Like, who is part of your advisory team? Because yeah. I know, for example, Stevie Wonder. There was like, did you hear about his situation where mm-hmm. literally his lawyer, you know, who was his right hand for decades, you know, had him sign a contract where he has he's still paying out to this dead That's lawyer's insane. family. Yeah, I'm oh sure. I'm sure Steven didn't see that coming. Uh, wow. This guy. <laughs> That's a bad joke. Really? You just had really? That, that low-hanging fruit. You just put that in. I think it was just you said walk comedy has no boundaries. Comedy has no boundaries, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did I push the envelope? Wait, I was speaking freely. I had my comedic hat on. I had to go there. You went there. But yeah, he was 21 years old at the time, right? Yeah. Getting into the biz. Yeah. And his lawyer had him sign uh, this 6% royalty of all his music. That's insane. And he was making payments that forever. That's what the wording, forever. That is insane. So to hear your process, you have your lawyer, you have your manager. Is there anybody else you make sure you have as part of your advisory team? Because we know that being in the entertainment business, it's a yes. dog. It can be a doggy dog. World yes. When it comes I've, got to a, I've, got a, I've got a financial planner who I meet with twice a year. And when the pandemic hit, that was the first meeting I had. Because mm-hmm. I needed to know what's happening with my money and what I can do to to mitigate against what was coming because I could see this was going to be bad. So mm-hmm. you really you need to treat yourself like a business. And I mean, it, it actually feeds into the question around my husband and how we relate as, as partners in this business is we treat ourselves like a business already. And we've had to and it's trial and error. But you got to a point where we realized we cannot take work to the bedroom because it also happens mm-hmm. when you work with your person, you think, okay, office, off, office hours are 24 hours. Right. No, y'all need to knock off so that you can have real couple fights. So you can know the difference between a work disagreement and a love disagreement. Mm-hmm. So that was a very, very important thing. But also we cross check with each other. Like he gets me out of situations as well. Cause sometimes you're so deep in it. You don't see what's going on and it helps to have a partner who understands the industry who right. can call you on stuff and warn you on stuff. And half the time I'm so pissed off cause he's right. I hate <laughs> it when he's right. It takes me off, but, but you need it, that second pair of eyes. Me. You need yeah. that second pair of eyes, man. You need who someone who can back. support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, that's, that's what we do. And we, we co-create like right now we're writing a, a feature together and there are times where he's wanted to kill me times I've wanted to kill him. It's like planning a wedding all over again. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's really when you need that support, that's more than just emotional, you know, you need someone who understands that we're not here to play. We're here to work. So 
there's certain projects where, for example, they go, well, our budget is really tight. We can only pay you this much. And I go, cool. I'm happy for shares. I'm happy for Ooh. a producer mm -hmm. um, label so that I have a bit more say in what's happening. And that sort of thing has helped grow me and teach me the business. Because I hate paperwork. I hate reading. Don't think I'm saying this because oh, she's that girl who loves numbers. I hate them. But mm -hmm. I need to know them because if I don't know them, I'm going to get screwed. Right. So what I do is I make sure I know what's going on. Know your business. Husband, yeah, your but business. I tell my man, if he left me, I know I definitely have to pay him and forever and ever. Like, I got to pay him, like, half of everything I make because he's really been that guy who reminds me that, hey, Wonderful. we're not here to play. Mm -hmm. We're here to build an empire. We're building hey, an empire. You know? the E-word, people. You need to have a plan. I always say, if you don't know where you need to be five minutes, five years, ten years from now, you're in trouble. You need to have some kind of plan. Because even if that's not your real, real end goal, but you can see yourself getting that to that goal, it helps you know where you are when you need to check where you are. You know, well, this, is a, this is a perfect segue actually, because we really wanted to kind of kind of get into your financial kind of philosophy or your relationship to money. So it seems like you have a very uh, clear kind of. Um, I guess, I guess philosophy towards money, where did that come from? Like who influenced you? Was it growing up or was it your parents? Yeah, growing up with a mother who hid from people she owed money. That'll teach you something. <laughs> I was like, that, that'll never be me. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing somebody's knocking at the door and you they're knocking. <laughs> they still hope they'll leave That's when there's nobody not to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people are calling and like, Hey, can I speak to Jimmy? Not to me, not to me, not speak no English. Not to me, no, to me, English, no, hang up. No, 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 no. So I, I wanted to be, I had to decide, do I want to be wealthy? Do I want to be financially free? What do I want? What do I want? Do I want to be rich? And I was like, I want to be financially free. I want to be that guy. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and so again, when, you know, people were working in the industry, driving really fancy cars, I was driving like a fourth hand, third hand Toyota with like crazy mileage. But I was like, I'm getting from point A to point B. And then and as sometimes I grew, C. Sometimes see, baby. And then mm -hmm. when it was time to look good, I was like, so who's an emerging designer that's going to let me wear their thing mm -hmm. for free or for next to nothing? You know? You are that even... person that makes that call and not, be, not scared to make that call, right? Yeah. <laughs> you that Guys, oh my I'm God, I can't believe she wants to wear my stuff for free. But she has a show. Okay, fine. You're that person, <laughs> yeah, right? It's all about the win-win. You know, <laughs> I'm all about barter. I'm I'll all about it. I don't even buy my kids new school uniform, man. I buy secondhand. I'm like, I don't care that I can afford brand new. I there is secondhand. Kids throw. Do you know how many times kids lose their uniform? Mm -hmm. Kids lose. You buy a thing. It's gone today. You're like, but how? Brother, we have not even left this freaking square meter. How has it disappeared? So One uh, thing I always that guy. say, I'm, I'm not scared in business. You've got to be bold. You can't be scared yeah. to ask a question. Like, yeah. don't be scared to ask a question. Yeah. When you don't you know, know, people, you don't know. You know, people will be scared to ask a question. That question could open up so many doors. I am not scared to ask a question. I think you are on that same page. Ask a question. In terms of your your comedy and your career, are, are you and your husband looking to do a lot more in the States? Yes. And broaden? And, and what can you describe, like, what, for people who've not, never seen your work, like, is there a, a style? Is it like com comedic acting? Is it stand up? Is it a, all of the above? Is it like in living color, like like those kind of skits, that kind of like Saturday Night Live? Like what, what what's your what is the your wheelhouse? Uh, yeah, it's stand up. 
It's stand-up, it's straight stand-up. I call it rough, though, because, you know, when I watch a lot of comedians, uh, I go, oof, so polished. Look at them, the beginning, the middle, and the end. (laughs) (laughs) And I write my stuff, but I arrive, and then the spirit takes me, and it's over. So um, I I think, yeah, stand-up comedy is my main thing. It's my main hustle, but I write a lot. I write a lot in the background. Um, I I dabble in producing, but writing and performance are my big thing. And even in coming here, I'm going, you know, there's such a huge immigrant community in the U.S. and I uh, I feel like I can find an offering mm. that that can position me I nicely. I can find it. my little immigrant niche. niche in in America. Um, yeah, that's that's the plan for the growth, you know, um, because I feel like living between both countries is, is very exciting. I feel like Trevor Noah trailblazed for us, and when the when the trail has been blazed, freaking jump on that thing. That trail is gonna stay yes. there forever. Use it, you know. Well, and Prince Hakeem, Hakeem actually tra- blazed the trail with you know coming oh, to America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel about that accent? Really, were you cringing the whole time, accent? or because it was Eddie Murphy, you gave him a pass? <laughs> No disrespect, Trevor. But it's so funny. Was here for no disrespect, Trevor. It's funny because we watch Coming to America and we speak in their accents. We ah! put them on. We put on Eddie Murphy's accent. So, I'm like, which African is he speaking like? My so now we're mimicking him. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, but um, and I think especially now with what's happening in America, I think it is actually really important to to really look at uh, what kind of voice I can add to the mix, you know, um, because this country is is just built on the backs of a lot of people of color, mm-hmm. of a lot of immigrants, and it's it's it'll be nice to just celebrate that heritage, not just from a paint point of a pain point of view, you know, because I think we've we've done a lot of having to fight and fight back and defend, and it'll be mm-hmm. nice to just step into a space of just celebration pure celebration because we can't help ourselves i think as a people it's just it's in our blood especially people of african descent it's in our blood that in the pain there's a song in the pain Mm -hmm. there is dance you know in the pain that celebration makes its way in it's just inherent in us Mm -hmm. and it's almost like it's our ancestors going they're striped they're bringing it they're fighting (laughs) it let's go let's go (laughs) you know like (laughs) fight on baby you know we couldn't do it in our time do it yes i feel like there's always a little bit of that in our pain we can't help it we look so good doing it there's there's rhythm in our resilience yeah oh that's a quotable quote rhythm in our resilience yours (laughs) (laughs) you. What about did you did you pay attention much to the few years ago when like Monique and some of the other comics were talking about the inequities in terms of women's and their deals and women of color and the and the deals and not, I'm not trying to mess with your your net I know you got a situation you got a movie coming with Netflix but I'm saying like how how much of that did you pay attention to and what do you think about that that the pay scale wage uh, equality for comics and actresses and actors what do you think of that. It made me wonder how much people fight for their worth because that's mm. what I do. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I charge, man. I don't even ask what my colleagues are charging. I'm like, this is how much I want. And if you are accepting it because you think that's what's on offer, that's, that's on you. That's on you. I feel like we are the change. The way I treat how I fight for what I feel I'm worth is the same way I did for when I fought for the fact that I'm a woman and my anatomy is what it is. Y'all need to live with that. I didn't invent it. Like, I remember I got a big gig, but I just had a baby. And then you had just had a baby, right? 
and they had not accommodated the fact that I might need to express. So I arrived in a boardroom with my breast pump and I sat in the boardroom and the first question I asked was, is anybody uncomfortable with breasts? Okay. I got a, a little bit of an uncomfortable giggle, <laughs> pulled out my little bib, put the bib on, put the pump on. And it was, you just had a little silence. Zzz, 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 <laughs> my little Decepticon doing its thing. Zzz, zzz, zzz. And then, um, I made sure that catering could freeze my milk for me so I could take it home to my baby. And in that moment, I was going, you see, you own your spaces. Yes. And that's the same thing with money. Who's negotiating for you? And because just because somebody starts at a million doesn't mean to go, yeah, I'll take a bar. I'll be like, oh, that's nice. Listen, how about 10? Call me when you got 10. I, I love your work. Hope you win. Bye. Done. And that's where I stand on it. Because patriarchy, we found it here. We know what the problems are. You can't not act surprised. Oh, inequality. Oh, how dare they? Oh, Chappelle got more. But of course he did. That's how the system works. Mm -hmm. Your job is to disrupt it. Yes. Disrupt yes. it. Wow. Well, I, I love it. I mean, we actually had a whole um, episode about negotiation. Mm -hmm. And there's like tons of stats that show the majority of women take the first offer that comes whether well, that's yeah. just you know getting a new job you know so the fact that you you know understand this that a lot of the inequality when it comes to pay isn't just about um feminism or you know it's actually because we don't ask we don't ask out we the don't. gate out the gate we graduate guys, and guys, we're not asking we're taking the yeah. first offer yeah guys, guys will go into an interview for a job they're only 40 percent qualified for we question ourselves at 90% qualified right. and 100% qualified, but the guy will get the gig because he just came in there to quote my mother with the confidence of a cockroach. So I'll be <laughs> like, women need to adopt that confidence, man. Go in there with the confidence of a cockroach and be like, I'm here. I'm working you right can't on. get rid. You're not getting rid of me. I, I'm not. There's uh, yeah. cockroach. You can't get rid of that cockroach. <laughs> get rid of it. It's hard. It's hard, man. Fit everywhere. Looks at you. You're spraying this thing. It's looking at you like, oh, you're trying to give me some. Okay. <laughs> some deal. Give me some deal. It's all good. Mm -mm. <laughs> oh, wow. my gosh. Well, Toomey. I can't believe our time is coming up. Well, well, Toomey, we, we totally appreciate you coming and spending some time with us and, and telling us about your career, your upcoming movie. Let, let's tell the people, just in case they, they, you know, for the people in the back that didn't hear the name of the film, when it when it drops, give us kind of the quick sales pitch real quick so we know what's going on. Seriously Single, a rom-com with shooters, with besties, with lots of one-night stands. <laughs> 31st of July, or July 31st, as they say in America. July 31st. All the your next. All right. Awesome. And well, what are your handles? Where can they find you? I'm Timmy underscore Marake everywhere on the socials. I'm over there. You'll see me. I'm cute. I'm like this. <laughs> you know this is you know this is uh, audio, right? <laughs> Stop! They're missing out on the lovely. And her makeup was done, people. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, because I was we're doing a lot of publicity. I just got off a thing. <laughs> I can tell oh, you're. you're I okay. can tell you're a Zoom, you're you're a Zoom expert. You know, every every interview now you see nowadays, there's always the books in the background. Like, who can show the most books to be the smartest yeah. in the room? Wait a minute. Where are my library books? You, you saw someone else today. You, you this wasn't this that wasn't just for us. I feel like I'm cheating now. Um, yeah, but I refreshed it for you. I did you yeah. lips. The lips are red. Say I'm you had the most fun with us. Please you. tell us you had the most fun I with us. I had the most fun with you, definitely. I want more. Oh, I want like right you. two and round three. 
Uh, hey, she said it. She said it. She said okay. it. But like I said, I, I don't want to comment. I don't. Because I, I haven't met your husband yet, but I, I I like everything I heard about him. So I want to. When he meets me, I want to get that firm handshake. So I do not want to go there because I had a slapstick. I had a remark for that, a rebuttal. But I'm gonna leave it alone because I haven't met the man, but I respect I have the man. Control, Sean. You show. Okay, wow. good. Hey, I wow. can't you knock a man. A man that. Stands by and supports his woman and plays he's that incredible. role as a man I commend and respect. You know, he's, there's you. not an ego in the room, so I have to give him his respect. Yeah. Right, he's, well, a, he's a feminist. Let's respect Toomey's time and our, our sponsor's time. We're, we're going to have to call it a show. Dion, do you have any final words for us? Just to say thank you for all that you're doing in comedy, yeah. in entertainment, yeah. and even more specifically just because of... Um, how I relate to you also as a woman and what Thank you're doing you. for just women around the world as you Thank use your you. voice and your talents and your gifts to Thank trailblaze. You. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. Thank you. Well, All the best. Wow. That was so much fun. Um, but now to get back down to business, I'm sure if you, if you have questions for Toomey, there was so much good stuff in there from the business side of comedy or just in talent to be, you know, a talent in general, you know, Email us at tbgwgc at gmail.com. Uh, definitely follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Two Black Guys Good Credit. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review to make it easier for others to find us. Like Monet, who said this show is dope, so fun, and so informative. Well, let me tell you, we're all over the age of... And just the fact you called our show dope, we appreciate you, Monet. And we're informative and fun. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. My name is Dion Nichols, the lady with the history, the stats, and the cold, hard facts. And I'm out. Well, thank you, Dee. Uh, and I'd like to encourage all of our listeners to support that seriously funny woman that just joined us, Toomey. Her film is called Seriously Single. It premieres on Netflix this week. So check your local listings and support that woman because she deserves it. Uh, and for all of you out there that are striving to reach your goals, remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. And I'm Matt Smith, one half of Two Black Guys with Good Credit, and I'm out. I'm Sean, the better half of Two Black Guys with Good Credit. And I want to thank, first of all, Dion for bringing to me on the show. I thought it was just good to hear a powerful black woman talk about her drive to succeed and how, you know, even though she's in the comic space, how everybody, regardless of what industry you are, you can relate to like what it takes to succeed and what you need and how well you need to know your business. So with that being said, Matt, you know what you need to do every week. Keep your money in your damn pocket. And I'm Sean, Linda, and I'm out. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 